Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And today you're listening to episode 43 with uh, a couple of real cool folks, uh, specifically David Sherry and Allie Lehman from Death to Stock Photo, which is this awesome company startup that's like, essentially uh, the name is like killing the stock photo, like the boring standard, you know, crappy stock photos that are it's all the over end the internet. Of- a woman laughing at her salad, staring into an unseen person's face. Yeah, so they're taking some really beautiful photos, and they're also doing some work way outside of way outside of even just photography, and that's kind of disruptive and cool and just really inspiring. So I, I and we had a blast at those guys. Oh my god, yeah, they do awesome work, and they were awesome to talk to. Really flowing conversation, mm-hmm. and you know what we talked about something very pertinent to what they're doing and it's no middleman Mm -hmm. basically tearing down these inefficiencies and these creative barriers that that were existing because of tradition or whatever and uh getting people in touch with one another sharing work and making things happen subverting which i'm into oh yes subversional um you know, actually, this is maybe pertinent as well. We got a double pertinent, double feature. Uh, the sponsor today is something really close to home. If you listen to the show, especially the last you know few episodes, you'll have heard that uh, I've been working on a bit of a Skillshare class that I uh, I put together with Jake Jorgovin, who was on episode 35 of this show. So he's a friend of the show, really cool dude, a really smart guy who who was really um, good about uh, helping creatives and freelancers sort of start their careers. And so we uh, put together this class called Go Plus Do, uh, start a creative project that matters, uh, designed to help people get going, to uh, have some ideas for projects, to get projects going, um, and kind of launch careers and, and just get into the creative field or, or expand further. So I'm uh, really proud of the content and of the class. It's it's on Skillshare. Um, so thank you to Go Plus Do, uh, essentially me, uh, for supporting the show today. <laughs> Uh, and if you're interested in the class, which I, I stand behind, I think it's really good stuff, uh, you can just go to goplusdo.com. Uh, it's G-O-P-L-U-S-D-O.com. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen the site. I've seen the trailer for it, and Ooh. it's it's just awesome. Fun little and trailer. You guys should – yeah, exactly. I was there with Mr. Jake Jorgovin. Oh, yes. As you guys you were met him in Minneapolis. It. I'm so happy. It's funny, it's funny to um, – to record a podcast with someone and then meet them later like it's such a bizarre thing <laughs> he looked like his voice though so that, that was with very Barrett, too. bear brooks right episode yep. what was he episode three two three three, three. yeah yeah yeah. wow <sighs> nostalgia but yes thank you go plus do thank you grant thank you guys for listening and thanks to death to stock photo for joining us on episode 43 three three 43 <laughs> i got him no middleman You guys are such pros yeah yeah dude this, not like uh, pros like like literature you're we're, we're yo pros you're go pros the camera vincent grant let's get right to it i don't like when we dance around it I hate that. It really bugs me sometimes. I have trouble when, believing that. You know, because there are some podcasts I listen to, and it's just like, go to the point, right? You know what I mean? If you're going to start the podcast, start the podcast. I know how you feel. Oh, so I'm just wondering, um, coming from that perspective, if you could tell me 
what you are working on. Do you like the cadence there? Yeah, that was nice. There was a good meter to it. Uh, very, very busy at work. So the lines have become blurred VB. between office and home uh, in preparation not to date the episode. But for the upcoming break, uh, we are in full pitch mode, which means we have teams working around the clock to get concepts out the door. And as soon as the concept leaves the door, it uh, is met with intense artillery fire. Wow. So more concepts are needed. And so that's what I will be working on tonight and have been working on Vince, recently. Vince, you, you are a warrior. On the front lines of advertising. That is a, a gross overstatement, but I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. Uh, so that's been keeping me real busy. Grant, could you please tell us what you have been putting your time into recently? Thank you for asking, Vince. Uh, today, I was working on some branding for a pretty cool music project, uh, DJ, uh, that I'm excited to share. A lot of creative freedom on that one, as well as a couple of scripts for some shorts that hopefully we're going to be short shooting in January also, a little uh, documentary-style piece on, like, sign spinners, sign holders. Well, I found a really cool subject, yeah, that we're going to profile. That is pretty cool. More on that later. At 11. <laughs> well, it's a podcast. <clears throat> uh, speaking of podcasts, that's what we're doing right now. And we have a couple of people on the other end of the line, which is nice. It's nice to have two, 2v2. Two not, nothing against our solo guests, but it is cool. But they're that, not as good. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like something against them. Uh, and I, I actually came to these guys by way of... Gumroad. Gumroad? Okay, so I, I found their story via Gumroad, a client of mine. But uh, I later found out that uh, they were aware of our Creators Go West trip back in the day and been following along, or at least David had. Oh, Very humbling. Spoiler yes. alert. Uh, so I'd like to welcome Allie Lehman and David Sherry of Death to Stock Photo. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. course. Vinny, do you want to ask him? Will you? Yeah, please. I'd love to do the honors. Uh, what have you guys been putting your time into recently? Yeah, so uh, being that it's the end of the year right now, we are trying to schedule out the year ahead, which is always really exciting, but also kind of kind of daunting just the amount of work that needs to happen next year, but uh, we feel like there's a really big opportunity and we're excited to attack it. And awesome. I feel like I've been shooting um, mm -hmm. for... Photography. Yes. yes. Not yes. anything else, yes. Um, yeah, I've been doing packs and talking to photographers that we want to work with and mm -hmm. um, a cool collaboration that will come up next year that's top secret but really cool yeah we're thinking really big and that's why it's uh it's awesome to to just look ahead to the next year and what we want to accomplish yeah that stuff's important and i like you said it can be really daunting it's something that we've actually done with our show next year there are going to be some process changes and yeah it's always helpful but it, hard work yeah. planning out the year ahead yeah. um Interesting. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if you guys could give a little bit more context for people as to what Death to Stock Photo is and kind of who you guys are. Sure. So uh, we started last year, uh, basically sharing high quality imagery with our peers who are designers, bloggers, and creatives. And so uh, it started as just an email list. We were just sending out really high quality imagery to people in our community. And after getting a really great response on that, uh, we started expanding a bit. And really, the need we're filling is it's really tough to have high quality imagery to use in all your projects all of the time. So now that social media is on, you know, 24 seven, it's like, how do you constantly fill all those channels with engaging content? And so we saw this need in the market that 
uh, was kind of growing and we saw a lot of our peers had the same problem as we did. And we just decided, you know what, we can be the ones that can shoot uh, really high quality imagery and send them to, uh, you know, people in our community and just see how they can use them to, to make their own projects. Perfectly said. I think uh, a great encapsulation of what death to stock photography, death, death to stock photo, death mm-hmm. to stock photo. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. that stock photo. Yeah. Hung me on, on the birth certificate, it's photography, but <laughs> the nickname <laughs> the we common shared. call it. Yeah, yeah. Death to stock can be the shorthand for sure. Oh, cool. Yeah. Death to stock. I think it perfectly encapsulate what you guys are going for, how I understand it, and I think it also perfectly segues us into what we're trying to talk about today. And I guess the conversation is being framed through the idea of no middlemen. And so what that means in short is that it's a better model, at least that's the, the thesis today, to, to get people in touch with one another, interacting, collaborating, sharing, helping, and empowering without having to go through cumbersome channels or other individuals. Uh, at least that's how I understand it, Grant. Yeah, well, to me, to me uh, a great point that Gumroad, which you know, I th- you guys have, have pushed some of your stuff out through there. Gumroad is an awesome platform that you can basically sell direct to people. It helps creatives. And to me, what they're doing is, even though they are in a, a small form, a middleman, they are removing the much larger middleman um, that is these other distribution channels or, or anything else. And especially now that we live in this era of the internet and this era of access, I do still think that people have like mental middlemen in their heads. They have this idea that they need permission and that they they need uh, validation by some uh, legitimate organization or some legitimate thing. Whereas I think we see a lot of opportunities, and in fact, it's the reason Ten Thousand Hours exists in saying "fuck middlemen." Let's go <laughs> do it on our own, and that's kind of what I've seen you guys doing. And um, yeah. yeah, do you want to kind of just react to that? Yeah, yeah, and maybe a great place to start uh, is a little bit of my uh, kind of backstory that leads into the road trip that we did Ooh. last year. But it was a stormy th- night in 2012. Sorry, we're dropping uh, dropping mics. You, yeah, you, yeah, did you just in. drop the mic and then yeah, just, we just leave? Just <laughs> the mic. We're done. That's it. That's, That's a wow. sweet move without without making a bold statement. Cool. Just in the middle of like <laughs> people really confused. Right, but anyways, so to get uh, to get back to the whole middleman conversation. Um, Basically, my backstory is I'd been pitching big brands on this concept of traveling for six months and producing content for them on the road. Um, and essentially, I, you know, I thought they had the same problem that different creatives do, which is filling their content channels. And so after pitching about maybe six brands, a few here, a few on the West Coast on this concept, uh, nobody you know, was interested in backing my travel. And so I knew I needed to find a different way to do it on my own. And after growing the Death of the Stock photo list, we were a- able to actually crowdfund a five-city tour that was very much similar to the, the same tour I'd been pitching directly to brands, but this time it was on our own terms. And I actually think it was a good thing that no brand was interested in sending me places to create content for them because at the end of the road trip, I still had an audience uh, rather than you know being at square one again if I had worked with a brand. So uh, I... you know totally resonate with the story of choosing yourself and going direct to audience versus working through a brand or a middleman to achieve what you want. Can you, okay, two things. First is that's very much reminiscent of a Seth Godin story talking about getting a thousand rejection letters Mm. and then just deciding to go do it on his own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, can you clarify where here is for the listeners? Oh yeah. Columbus, Ohio. 
Happy, it's sweet, a happy, sweet it's a Columbus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joining us from beautiful, sunny Columbus. Nah. Mm. Uh, definitely dark. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 But the Blue Jackets, the home of the Blue Jackets, right? This is true. Wow. I did not know that. That's a hockey team. Oh. But yeah, and one of the brands, actually, I pitched, if you guys are familiar, is Jenny's Ice Cream. Jenny's Ice Cream. No idea. Actually, okay. never heard of oh, it. Is, they're, it they're is it big? It's delicious. Yeah, oh. they're kind of popular. No, Cool. Yeah, send us some. And show it. Uh, awesome. So, can you can you tell us a little bit about the the trip quickly? Yeah. So, um, David and I were like, "Hey, let's travel. Let's like shoot photos and meet people." Um, I forget where we were when we thought about it. Yeah, probably a I, coffee I, shop where we always are. But, right. Right. Um, yeah, we were like, "How can we travel? Meet people? Shoot? Get people? Um, like interesting things?" Because you know, Columbus, Ohio, we don't really have. And yeah, we were starting to run out of places to shoot here in Columbus yeah. a little bit. So we knew we needed to, uh, you know, get out, get, out, get out for a little bit yeah. and meet some of the people in our community. And So we, we kind of toyed with a few ideas. We decided to use Gumroad. Um, I think we did some pre-sale. Yeah, it was pre-sale yeah. and it was a donation model. Uh-huh. It wasn't so it was like price. a minimum of 15 bucks people mm-hmm. could contribute and then get, I think, like 100 photos, 20 photos from each city. And mm-hmm. then we just, we got the money. Well, you know, pre-sold everything. And then we started planning our trips. Yeah, we had about 500 people that basically said, we trust you based on your work from the last six months to shoot content in each of these cities and send it to us while we're on the road. And a lot of people really wanted to hear stories too. So it wasn't just about the photos that we had been taking in each location. They, re- they wanted to feel like they were out of the office and on the road with us. Um, and I think people just really resonated with it. And they were excited every time we hit a new city, they'd get an email saying, you know, here's a, here's stories, here's photos from that location. And a lot of people even connected with, oh, I've visited there before and I've seen that spot or I used to live in that city. And now, you know, I'm, it's bringing me back to uh, the time when I lived there. Yeah, I think that's part of the beauty of there being no filter, no middleman mm-hmm. in matter of speaking is that you – it becomes the connection becomes so much more real between the fan and the content producer. The person making the content can really connect on a personal level with the people who are intaking the content, and that just makes the experience much more potent for both sides. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious a little bit. Um, you guys are sort of living a bit of a lifestyle brand in that way, right? Like connecting your work with your travel, with your in your storytelling. And it's kind of participatory. Sure. Um, and I think that sounds amazing to a lot of people. That sounds like the ideal. And even personally, people, uh, you know, it's it's very easy to say, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, you get to X. Oh, you don't have anyone telling you what to do, right? Which is essentially you know, the man or the middleman. Um, but what does that look like from a work perspective or from a work standpoint? Like, how hard is that? What does that look like day to day? Or, you know, because I, I think telling good stories is really difficult. It's something I've discovered. It, it's not like, yeah, we don't yeah. get too deep in that. But yeah, just t- tell me a little bit more about like your day to day and, and kind of how you guys are living that. Yeah, I think from for me, it takes a lot of planning to have sort of that lifestyle work mm-hmm. balance. Everything kind of, you know, meshes together. Um, it doesn't happen instantly. Uh, David, I think, feels the same way where you can lead a brand that is like a lifestyle brand, but it you need to be, you still have a schedule, you still have goals, you're still 
you know, looking at everything behind the scenes that isn't always so glamorous. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of like when people talk about how like planning actually gives you freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think there's just so much behind the scenes that makes for that trip or that event to go smoothly and let you kind of live in the moment. And especially for photography, we really want things to be natural. Like it's kind of this weird thing where the more you plan, the less natural it feels. And so we really have to balance that. But it's definitely, you know, the more kind of ducks you have in a row leading up, I actually think the more freedom you have in the moment. So we're very conscious about what the storyline could be And then we let that kind of play out while we're producing the work. But there's definitely kind of a framework there for us to pull from. And I think that's like the best way to do it. That's a really interesting tension. Like the more planning you do, the more work you have the potential to do, the more output you have the potential to do. But Uh then if it's too planned, then the quality Uh of the work goes Uh down in a way. Oh, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. To me, that's uh, that's good to hear. I, it sounds it sounds like a similar approach I have. And to me, the big thing is how can I how can I plan or or organize or whatever make decisions um, that give me freedom. So like, how can I not spend energy on things that shouldn't uh, energy shouldn't be spent on? For example, yeah. just staying organized from a fr- from a file structure standpoint from even just like an invoicing standpoint and and all of these like different little organizational bits and then even creating time that is like planned spontaneity Mm -hmm. that can give you kind of, you have guardrails though and you have, then you have the freedom to relax and to be creative and to work within that stuff. Um, Even, even like you planning that trip, like that's a fantastic, I mean, we used a pretty similar strategy with creatives go west, Absolutely, which was how can we, how can we find an excuse to go? And, you know, it was a lot of work, but it was amazing. It was an amazing trip. And I have to imagine you guys had a really good time, right? Oh yeah. Well, even on a smaller scale, I shot two months ago, um, photos in Indianapolis and just, I didn't have, I had like loose plans, but the pack really came together in like one single hour Mm -hmm. visiting with an old friend and I couldn't have planned for that. I couldn't have planned for the light, but I had to make the trip happen. I had to rent a car. I had to like connect people. And I think it was one of my favorite packs that I, that we did. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it takes like a good balance of planning and actually letting yourself take an adventure. Totally. I, that's funny you say that. Cause I, I think Vince can attest to this. I was just writing the word adventure as you said this, um, just because like whenever I'm talking, I usually like to like scribble things down. It helps me yeah. think. But I was just r- writing down adventure takes effort. Really, is what it comes down to. Yeah. And I would rather I like I'd rather be like sort of anal about planning in order to go be spontane- spontaneous. Yeah, so. I think something that Grant, you've talked to me about that I I've ad- kind of adopted as one of my own tenets because I was so kind of invigorated by it is allowing for opportunities for serendipity to happen mm-hmm. for spontaneity to happen yeah. like it, you cannot plan the spontaneous events like you mentioned mm-hmm. Allie but you yeah. can plan to allow them to happen or allow their frequency to go up yeah and so i th- i think that's something really compelling about your story and about this idea in general mhm Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I I really like, you know, how this could also compare to working with other people because so at this point I do a lot more of the business side of things versus the creative. 
And so I actually feel like my job is to really set the framework for the creative that we're collaborating with Mm -hmm. and let them have the creative space. So if I do my job in making sure all the invoice stuff is good, in setting the plan, in having like an organized, uh, you know, idea in mind, then the creative is actually able to take the creative space versus worrying about all those things. So it's kind of interesting from like a management perspective of setting the framework for the creatives you work with and then getting out of their way and allowing them the space uh, to produce the work they want. Totally. And and when we were first talking about this topic, I mentioned, um, because Vince and I were talking briefly before we hopped on the line with you, I mentioned it seemed like you guys approach your collaborations in that sort of no middleman standpoint too, or that no middleman uh, mentality, which is you don't need permission to go work with people on things. But also, just in the same way we're talking about planning and, and almost professionalism, you can't just willy-nilly like go and try and make stuff like it takes some structure spirit completely yeah and time i think that's what we've realized is how you get an idea and to actually implement plan (laughs) and then push it out it it almost feels old by the time you're done ideas are so easy (laughs) execution is so hard yeah and and relationships too i mean so the font we just put out with tyler like it's just beautiful we'll show notes that 35 millimeter right absolutely yeah it was it was so fun to do but what people don't realize is i think i met tyler through instagram in july maybe Mm -hmm. and so it'd been like maybe even earlier than that it'd been like four or five months months of us kind of like kicking stuff back and forth and so I think just remembering that it takes a while to really find that right natural kind of fit and that right natural idea for things that progress and just like sitting and thinking about it for a while over time, both with the relationship and the idea is just, it's really important. And yeah, it's, it's sometimes tough when you just want to keep, you know, pumping out awesome work. Yeah. Now, can we jump back to something Grant you said right away at the beginning of the conversation and that is the mental middleman. Now, this is something that I hadn't even I hadn't even considered that angle when we decided to bring this topic up today, but it's something I want both you guys' and Grant's perspective on. What is a mental middleman and does it kind of fit into the conversation of the uh, of a middleman can exist in the form of micromanagement or compulsion or neuroticism in regards to a project? Or it can exist in terms of needing approval or needing some sort of external stimulus to give you the go-ahead, being too contingent on feedback. All those things I kind of want you guys to, I don't know, riff on. What do you think it means to have a mental middleman? Yeah, I think when we start, I remember sitting and talking to David when we thought about doing Death to the Stock Photo. We, I don't know if we had a name. Mm-hmm. And saying, oh my gosh, I have so many photos in my Dropbox. So many people could use these because they will not see the light of day. And putting up a coming soon page that like let you c- collect emails, and we just tried it. And people would call us a startup, and we were like, oh, no, this is a project. We're just, we're just trying something new. And I think to me that that was like one of the first times where I'm like, let's just try it. And I don't think we need an official name or an official, we don't need to actually be a business until later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think, yeah, it really, to me, the whole middleman thing is really about waiting. Um, And so it's like, you always think kind of in your head, like, we will do this when X. So, you know, we could have started and said like, oh, we will put up that landing page 
when we have, you know, our business registered, when we have, you know, a designer on board who can help us out, when we have a logo and we have a name, uh, instead of just kind of like trying it and putting it out there quickly. Um, and so to me, uh, that mental middleman is all about basically removing that waiting period. So whatever it is you're waiting on to give you permission or to say you can start now, that's typically like what you can remove. And so it's maybe just an interesting exercise to ask yourself, like, wh- who am I waiting on or what am I waiting yeah. on that's telling me I can't move forward? That's actually like a lie in my brain. Yeah. Or, or looking at a project like that and saying, we're just experimenting. We're not like, we don't have a, we didn't even have a goal of making money. Um, and I think that's where those passion projects are really important for you to be able to say, I don't need anyone's permission to do this. I don't need like David saying like, I don't need these brands to, to back me. I'm just going to try doing stuff on my own. Um, is, is the thing that I think I always keep in mind is the middleman is saying, don't experiment, you know, do things that are going to make you money, launch this product and you know, <laughs> it's going to sell out. Have everything in line. Yeah. Oh man, absolutely. You guys, you guys are speaking my language. We are getting at the heart of something that we talk about pretty much every day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, um, I feel like a lot of my thinking around this topic really, really started with some Chuck Palahniuk, some Fight Club style stuff. It evolved into some Into the Wild, Chris McCandless style stuff, and, you know, then progressed. And what you guys are talking about is you're talking a little bit about, like, the fear center in our brain, the thing that tells us, you know, we're not good enough, that we can't do it, that we can't blah, blah, blah. And I think it's a really... It's a really, really difficult thing to come to terms with control. And the kind of scary and amazing thing about the internet and about our generation and about the opportunities that are in front of us is that we are in control of our own destiny in a lot of ways, not in every way, but in most ways. Um, And like we want to think our parents are infallible and that, you know, like someone will protect us and that someone will whatever the system is working for us there are checks and balances in place there's a reason why things happen exactly and i mean frankly that's just very very partially true you know it's minimally true yeah it's just barely true yeah so to me the mental middleman is is safety but something i've said and i will say again because it's had so much impact on me uh, I had a mentor when I was starting the first studio sent me an email that just said, jump in a net will appear. And he was quoting, I think maybe Sally Hogshead or someone, but like that has made so much fucking sense to me yeah. for mm-hmm. a long time, which is that you, you just, there is a net, but we create our own nets and we are our own nets. You know, we are the ones who I, I'm the guarantee that I'll be okay. So I just need to jump. I just need to keep moving forward. I can't plan everything out. Once I start moving, once I jump, then things evolve, then things appear. I think it's oh, powerful. Sure. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. And it makes me think of when we did the road trip, we, we were shooting for 500 backers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you're kind of planning this five-city trip that's pretty expensive. <laughs> uh, and, like, I think every time we've launched something, both, both the first time we uh, asked people for money for the trip, the first time we opened up our premium plan, there was kind of this moment of, like, so if nobody buys, like, what do we do then? Or maybe even worse, if only 10 people buy. Like, are we going to still have to do this? Then, then what yeah. do we do? Because, you know, it's almost like not a sustainable thing. And so those are for sure examples. And that resonates with, with us in terms of just leaping and mm-hmm. hoping, you know, it's kind of going to appear there. But if you put in the groundwork, uh, 
I think you're very well equipped uh, to take that jump. You kind of have that that parachute if you've been spending a lot of time on things. Or how about even the scarier question? What if everybody wants in? What if it takes off? What uh, if you have to live up yeah, to the, the expectations one, right? of the 500 people who now are invested in you and need to see you succeed? Yeah. Yeah. And actually one kind of funny thing about that is we weren't sure, yeah, how many people were going to sign up and we included that we would send them something in the mail also, which was a <laughs> handwritten note. And yeah. so we wrote, you know, 500 handwritten but, notes. Yeah, we a lot of notes. We like kind of like realize that later. We're like, oh, we and have, like, we have it, a lot of these to, money to like send things. Yeah. And it's expensive. And this person in all, like so many different countries purchased. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, so it, there is that Kickstarter dilemma of yep. you know, the project that raises like $5 million and they're like, oh, we need to like yeah. deliver $5 million <laughs> worth of feel good. Oh. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. that's like kind of, yeah, you kind of at that point are a, a slave to the, the project in some ways. I think for ways. me too, like a lot of the photos that I take, you know, we distribute in really small amounts. And so there's also that fear of what if 5 million people buy this and then they're like all using the same 100 Yeah, it's just diluted products. the value. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, so I think this is like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, no, I just, you know, I was just going to say, so we are always okay with smaller sign up, you know, like a slow growth. Yeah, that kind of quality interaction and yeah, yeah, the smaller but higher, you know, engagement. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's an interesting point we might want to touch on. But I think if we're talking about fear centers in the brain and checking ourselves unnecessarily and creating our own middlemen, I think in some cases, it's just as potent the fear of success yeah. As is the fear of failure, dude. Yeah. I, we I will show notes. This do you do you do you ever watch Fear Not? That video we made. Ooh, uh, I don't know. Okay, well we'll show notes. It. I think it's worth watching. I wrote the script for it, and it's it's uh, it's got this vo, and there's like a line in there which is very in the same vein of it, but it's just like uh, this old grizzled guy just going. We're scared of success. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's, it's great. I th- you're, you would enjoy yeah. it, Vince. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it's it. True. Here's what I appreciate about um, a lot of what you guys are talking about. And this no metal mind philosophy, we can call it what we want. But it's that you guys are behaving like scientists, you know? You're experimenting. And it's, you're learning and you're not, you're defining to a degree, but not defining too much, which is the crux of, of this uh, plan spontaneity idea. Mm-hmm. And it also gets at a, a really powerful concept to me, which is something you touched on, which is putting too much pressure on the success of one thing, you know? And honestly, that to me is like a big blockage point and something that I've come to terms with for a, a career, which mm-hmm. is that you do a lot of stuff. And especially when we're talking about project-based thinking, which is what you guys are doing, which is what uh, this philosophy is about too which is one thing might fail, one thing might succeed. None of them really are the thing. I mean, it's just a range of projects, which to me, here's here's where we flip to the other side, which is almost that it's because I take away the power of any one thing to define, I can't fall back on any one thing to be the thing that defines me right (laughs) we seek definition as people so it's almost like accepting meaninglessness but in a very meaningful way right (laughs) everyone's trying to escape i think i know at least for for us it's the case we're trying to escape the box in the sense that yeah we're we do photos but like what if we did a font 
and and what would that look like? What and, if? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and just trying to you know, I think a lot of people would probably just look at that and be like, yeah, but you're death to the stock photo, so like, why <laughs> you're not are you death trying to the that? stock fund, guys? You're come death on. to the stock photo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ex- exactly. Uh, and and so I I you know part of it is maybe my nature that I like trying a lot of different things, but. I don't know. I feel like we want to do all types of crazy stuff. And, yeah. And that's kind of what's hopefully yeah. in the years. <laughs> it, I, like, I like tweeted to David one day or no, I like publicly <laughs> tweeted. I guess I'm a photographer now. I've always been a designer and David responds back like you're not defined by one thing. Like knock it off. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Calls you out. A little bit about it. Oh, yeah. Man, that, we talked about that a million times. It's something I've struggled with and embraced and it's like. Why do you call yourself? Well, why yeah. do you have to call yourself something? Well, and getting back to the mental block a little bit, like I actually think you can look at that as an advantage. Um, I know Grant, we've been talking about print stuff a little yeah. bit, but I kind of like not knowing anything about an industry yeah. because then you don't have any preconceived notions right. about how it should go. So yeah. I think in some ways people need to realize that there is an advantage in not having experience. Totally. Naivety uh, is a and, powerful paintbrush. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it almost makes you want to try stuff more because you're like, I don't have anything in my head that's kind of telling me what I have to do. Therefore, mm-hmm. I can try it the way I think it should be. Mm-hmm. Totally. I've, I've used that as a a value point, a value add for myself when I'm working with some people. It's like, Oh, I'm not burdened by years of experience. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still a child, which means I have some wonder left in me. <laughs> I mean, that's a cheeky way to say it, but it's a it's extremely valid point with a really real kernel of truth at the center of it. Well, and the beauty of that, and it's something that I've been doing and I will continue to do, um, is like, you know, jumping from styles of projects and industries to one to another is you keep adding that experience, which is ultimately super valuable. And and there are people who are much older, much wiser, who know a lot about one specific thing. But what I have been doing, and, and I, something that feels good to me, is moving in between these styles of projects, these industries, it helps me learn very quickly, you know, get over it. Because there's a huge learning curve when you dive into something. And then I get to pull that to my next thing. And they all feed each other. And something I had been saying, you know, from a long time ago was, dude, I'm never going to be the very best at anything. Pretty much I can accept that right now. But I might be the most unique combination or I might be a really interesting combination of, of influences and skills. Yeah, It's in the overlap for sure. And that's where you can kind of take threads of an idea from a different industry mm. and pull them in and say, you know, and it's funny, we're, we're redesigning our site right now. And like, Ooh. we didn't want to look at SaaS sites which is kind of like the market we're technically in. Uh-huh. We're looking at like fashion blogs yeah. and like just weird, like music and fashion and, yeah. uh, and trying to say, what are they doing that's interesting in their field that we can take a kernel of that idea and somehow, you know, work it into what we're doing. Yep. I mean, that's another form of middleman extinction, right? You yeah. are, there's a cultural norm that exists. There's a way of doing things that exists to quote unquote in your industry mm-hmm. and you're, actively disregarding that for a very intentional reason uh i like i like that active disregard <laughs> yeah. you've had a couple of quotable things what was your last one what did you say uh, uh naivete is a powerful paintbrush can we yeah, get that on a t-shirt <laughs> that's, that's mind-blowing yeah. oh my gosh yeah that's a tm original Do, you know what i want you know what i want okay Ooh, art piece i'm thinking framed paintbrush just says naivete on it 
Uh huh. Ooh, let's, let's call. Let's do it, man. Right, I'll write it. <laughs> You'll be the writer on yeah, that exactly. one. Exactly. All right. Uh, I would like to get granular for a minute and kind of as we as we come full circle with this conversation, you guys are a very active example of a brand that has eliminated the middleman in a lot of ways and kind of has that interwoven into your brand philosophy. What kind of positive or maybe negative impacts has that had on the way you work and how you've grown and kind of maybe even the future of how you advance your brand? Yeah, I mean, I think when, I mean, one interesting thing we kind of arrived on with our model is like the legal side of things. And so being that we're not approaching it in a traditional way, you kind of don't have some of that background experience. Yeah. Um, and so which is what the middleman provides really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's a really good point that I think the middleman kind of provides some of the structure for a safer path to travel, uh, versus kind of traveling and then realizing like realizing that you're on a really narrow ridge. Um, but there's still kind of a path there. Models and locations. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you kind of, all of a sudden I find myself being scared of everything in, in my Mm. worst moments, like, Oh, I shouldn't use I shouldn't shoot that or, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I'm, when I'm on location, is this, is this okay? That gets really scary for me and fighting that and making sure that, okay, let's talk to our lawyer and like make this okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to him and not get sued. <laughs> well, yeah. Dude, I mean, setting up sis like that is, that is a lot of what we're talking about is, is and that's a thing that comes with uh, a philosophy or an approach of no middleman of entrepreneurship. It's like it's fucking scary, man. But mm-hmm. that's where it's really fulfilling, and uh, that's uh, you know that's where you set up systems and you have people around you to keep you sane and safe. But I mean, to me, it's like it it, it means you're not settling. It means you're a little bit uncomfortable, but yeah. it makes it so much more worth it to me. Yeah, I mean, the uncomfortable parts are totally what drives the growth, both personally and for the business. So anytime anytime we're doing something that's really hard uh, and it's hard for us, that means that we're doing something that matters. Well said. Put that on a t-shirt as well. <laughs> we could have a whole t-shirt company after we're, this. Yeah, yeah. Well, All we're, right, let's yeah. just quit. Podcast is dead. No middle man. That's a stock is dead. We're going to yeah. be a t-shirt company. <laughs> That's the middle and, minute. and so we were born. We'll be telling this story in like a year on we a different on podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some some losers trying to start a podcast. Um, we're talking about scary things. We're talking about yeah. new things. New. Sensations. Sensations. That maybe even make us a little uneasy. Or no. aroused. More that. <laughs> yes, in a way, I'm trying. Yeah, you you've you've definitely extended the on the nose. I'm sort of on the nose. <laughs> uh, every week we like to do uh, what we call an off-topic topic, and that's when we just break up the conversation and talk about something that's not really pertinent. Cue the theme music that we don't have. We're gonna get it though one of these days. Uh, and so this week, I'd like to ask you guys about something that at least made me uncomfortable the first time I felt it. And that is celebrity crushes of our youth. What was your first ever TV movie crush? Who's that first person that made you feel butterflies on the inside? 
Oh man. Mine was uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Wow, that's Whoa. so quick. <laughs> right I off the mark. I have to think about it. I, I, no hesitation. I'm Where picturing you. you I'm picturing you flipping a notebook open that just is like plastered with stickers and photos of like him I'm right now. I'm writing my last name, like my name. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Allie I'm, Taylor I'm, Thomas. Oh my gosh, it like was one of those things where I was just talking to someone about this, and I go, I actually wrote him to come. I like asked him to come to my birthday party when I was maybe like eight that is and the girl adorable. looked at me and she's like i wrote him like every week i was like oh Whoa. man That's no wonder you didn't come to yours right yeah <laughs> oh my where where were you viewing mr taylor thomas that you developed this heartthrob uh home improvement oh yeah Naturally, of course um he did some movies after that but i mean you know teen beat he was always like the centerfold and his like you know baggy jeans and great publication yeah <laughs> Yeah. We'll show notes teen beat. Who could how could you make that thing? Like I, I get know. it, but like it's kind of creepy. Think about designing that, being like the person who laid that out, just like, yeah. God like damn adult, it. Adult woman or man was like, these are kids. <laughs> <laughs> these are children ogling other children. Great. But you know what? It's a it's a normal part of growing up. Yeah. Uh Jonathan Taylor, I gotta say, a classic choice, a vintage selection. We're, we'll show notes a YouTube clip of him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, a, a real a, a choice that really speaks to your tastes as a personality. Yep. Maybe we'll even if we're feeling super ambitious, which we very rarely are. Maybe we'll Photoshop Allie and, oh, and awesome. Mr. Thomas wow. together. Yeah, send it to me, and I'll it'll be like a background of my computer. Perfect. Ooh, okay. That's uh, That's a promise. Uh, <laughs> ish. It's a my- promise ish. My uh, desktop is covered with files, so um, I'll have to do a little cleanup. I, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get that shit under control. Mine too, but like, I cringe sometimes when I see some. Like, I'm like, stop it! Are there you people? gotta stop this. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing to yourself. You're killing it so bad, and what you're doing to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've heard, I've seen him physically react to this before. Yes. Um, <laughs> Mr. Sherry, do you want to give oh, us man. A, a, a vision of the bad. past of a younger David? Yeah, yeah. So I like – I feel – I'm somebody who gets pretty like into movies and I watch them over and over and over again. And, oh, this is so bad to share. <laughs> no, uh, man. It's just a safe space. <laughs> so bad it's good. Yeah, so bad it's good. I, it's I just think us here. I, if I'm just like thinking back, it's – it's Miss Honey from Matilda, which is like the weirdest thing. That is, really that is great, man. Uh, but oh, I think she was just such a caring teacher, you know. I don't know. I was, and she was lovely. Dude, yeah, that is she not was weird. Really, at she liked all. that nice house. It was kind of like the you know the white picket fence. Oh, that is but, it's, that is so sweet. Grant, do you know Matilda? I do. <laughs> yes, I'm not. I'm not remembering the particular character though. Uh, Miss Honey she, was the teacher. She eventually. I don't know what that Spoiler says. alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe there's was she, like a, what was her age? What was finish. her age? Well, I was gonna say we should talk about your relationship with your mother. Oh, <laughs> oh come on! Yeah, no, was, come on! That wasn't thirties like or something. She wasn't. She, yeah, she was too much She older. was like late twenties. Listen, this is a very naturally occurring phenomenon. I mean, this is <laughs> come on, guys. This is a very safe space. Oh yeah, crush on the teacher is is a trope that's as old as education yeah. itself. Yeah, and you know what? That I should be, have been a topic. I remiss yeah, to say <laughs> that I didn't have. But I think my feelings towards her were more like big sistery, motherly, <laughs> kind of protective. But I can definitely see where you might develop a crush. I, I mean, mean she at, was... at that age, right? It's sometimes indistinguishable. I'm on IMDb, and she's about <laughs> the same age as my mom. So, oh now. no, oh, but that's David. Time. It's okay. <laughs> like it's fine. They, David Oedipus, Sherry. Uh, no, no I'm so sorry. 
Dang. This is a safe space. I know you opened up to me, and now I'm like, oh, no, I'm just, I'm joshing you. This is, this is how, uh, this is how we become friends. This is right, what we do right. on the podcast. Both connections here. I mean, how couldn't you fall for her after how nice she was? To I'm in love with her too. <laughs> that was perfect. So, do you guys share? Oh, of course. Okay. We, well, that'd be pretty hypocritical. I would like that. Though. That'd be pretty funny. You're just like, all right, and but we should just do like ones that are even more embarrassing and like revealing <laughs> and act like we're gonna open up, or just open up with fake ones and then be like, no, we were just kidding. That was serious. What's wrong with you guys? Uh, I guess Vinny, I'll go. Yes, please. Uh, I have two. I had two major ones whoa. that formed. Whoa! I'm just like double. I just I'm excited. Right at the same time, it was a similar time. I like I was like a seven or eight probably. Uh, one of them was the Pink Ranger from Oh Power my Rangers. God! Yes. Oh boy, that's <laughs> you know she's just covered in all those clothes. It's just very. I mean, but boring. But like a nylon jumpsuit, though. Yeah, okay. it's pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, and by the way, she was gorgeous. And also, from a more of a cool girl standpoint, Clarissa Melissa Joan Hart from Clarissa okay. Explains It All. She was like the girl that i wanted to grow up to date even though i didn't even know what that meant at the time yeah yeah, yeah i think those two were those pretty, pretty formative wholesome. Yeah. yeah yeah i was a little ho- i was kind of a wholesome kid yeah. i wasn't exposed to too too many of those over growing up in rural items. phillips wisconsin oh yeah the breadbasket <laughs> of america <laughs> this, hey this, cheers this, to the midwest yeah hey, absolutely there it is yes midwest represent um Grant, can you yeah regale us with a tale so i feel like you guys all got to like younger ones i i had a, a lot more childhood issues so i think i blocked out much of my time but uh i was trying to it was solidarity david i was trying to um <laughs> I'm no, with no no i'm thinking my first like serious crush was like a jessica elba really maybe was it what to remember was she in that no that was oh, that, that was many more Oh, that was Miss Moore. Oh, they look, they look it the might same. be Mandy Moore. That be <laughs> I think Moore it's Mandy Moore. She was also the all over MTV like... at the time. What What was Jessica Elba? What could she have been in that I would have been exposed to? Wasn't she in that Honey? It was always I, on. Honey. It was always on B. Miss like... Honey, are you making another reference? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Jessica uh, Elba was Miss Honey. She was in like secretly. she was in Dark Angel, right? That was something. That was on. Like, I don't even uh, know what that is. In, she's in Sin City. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't was, think I saw that. Later, later. I think we're. <laughs> you were uh, younger. Oh, she was in Entourage season three. Uh... <laughs> right. Hey, you know what? That just speaks to the power of the feeling you had. You can't even remember where you felt yeah. it, but you did feel it. Blinded by love, deep, That's right. deep That's right, somewhere David. in my heart, <laughs> I felt that. These are good uh, questions, though. Are there more like these? Yeah, um, that's going to be the next 30, 40 minutes. Right. <laughs> no, this is it. We only do one, David. I'm sorry. To mm, break it okay, to you. next time. We should have prepped But if you have another another crush or another love-related Please, topic, yeah. You, you feel free uh, to rip. I don't this know. Is not no, I think I'm going to stick with Miss Honey. I'm not going to go back on it now. Good for you, man. And yep. if you if you want to, write us a letter later. and If you think of more, <laughs> like we'll show notes the letter you write us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, even if you just took a picture of a list, a handwritten list. Okay. I hope this hits you like with, with in parts, the middle of the night in like two and a half weeks. Eyes. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Yeah, okay. It'll be fun. Hey, Done. good sharing, guys. That was it, – it took a lot of vulnerability to revisit yeah. that because you know what? It, it was an awkward time for all of us. I, well, I guess I shouldn't speak for you, David and Allie, but it was an it was awkward time. I don't remember anything before age 13. Yeah. Yeah. There's strength in vulnerability, Vince, and there's strength in saying no to the middleman. That is the off-topic topic, the middleman of our show. 
Yes. <laughs> really? And, hey, this was a test that you both failed. You should have said no. <laughs> you should have refused we to answer. Uh, but I would, and I think I speak for both of us, say I would like to jump back into the topic. Uh, J-B-I-T-T. Uh, as we call it. To share some, some last thoughts. Um, and I don't know if you guys are familiar, but we wrap the show the same way every week. And that is by asking our benevolent guests two questions if they're benevolent. The questions are, how can the people listening to the show right now support you? The second question is, if you would like those people to take one thing away, one each, from your time on the show, what would that be? And you could just answer them in order. It was like you were going to say, or, but no, there is no <laughs> or. No, you have you, to answer them If you order. don't answer them in order... We're going to cut it out of the episode, and we're, we're never going to release this, <laughs> yes. either. In, in the vault. Right. Um, okay, so how they, how how they, they can yeah. support us is, that's fairly straightforward. I think if they want to hop on our free email list, they will get to know us fairly quickly through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so when you say be, free? Yeah. You mean What are the monthly fees associated? <laughs> what are oh, the... No, this is it $100 in five $20 payments up front? What's the situation? Oh, no, I'm talking just the actual free. Free, no. free, free. Yes. F-R-E. Yes. Nice. Uh, and they will get uh, free photos every month. And they'll also just be able to kind of stay up to date on everything that we're launching. Totally. Uh, so and hopefully we work in our personalities and stuff into the emails so they can get to know us a bit more. Um, and we'd prefer that before they felt like they needed to back us or, you know, if they feel like they want to go to premium after uh, being on the email list for a little bit, then that'd be awesome. Yeah. But if I'm they a, sign I'm up, they'll get an instant. If if people sign up, they get like an instant download, which yeah. is nice. They'll get a bunch of stuff. And, wow, that's and we should great. mention, I, this is a an audio medium, but the photos are fantastic, really. And I I kind of have a high bar for visuals, Thank and you. they're beautiful. Yes, absolutely worth checking out. Um, also, can they they can find you online at. On the internet? Oh, do you guys do use the internet? Oh, no, yeah. Well, uh, we haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. <laughs> David does that. Allie doesn't know about it. He's just... <laughs> oh, yeah, Allie. By the way, I've been sending all your photos. I haven't been sending <laughs> physical prints to all of our subscribers, just so you know, Allie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, so decided. Where are they online? Yeah, in, uh, Instagram at death the stock, Twitter at death the stock. Website is death to the stock photo.com. And we love when people send us emails or reach out. So, like, just please send us stuff. We are happy even we have just like chatting. One, we have like one fan customer who like sends us, how do you say it? GIFs. Is it GIF or I think GIF? It's, I think it's GIF. I say GIF. I he say sends GIF. us GIFs. I say GIF. Himself. I say GIF. He as like well. sends us. Good. They're like him spinning around the room and like smile. Like it's yeah, awesome. like giving us like a thumbs up and <laughs> That's stuff. So pretty awesome, if you want to send us gifts, like that is even better. But we like we seriously just love uh, chatting with creatives and we love collaborating with interesting people. Uh, and so we're always happy when people reach out. Well, as a creative who has chatted with you for the last hour, I have to say it was a lot of fun and. Oh, good. I highly recommend it. So anyone who is a fan or... Go start a podcast fan, and get these guys on <laughs> yeah. it. It's like... That's another way you can support yeah. them. Um, awesome. So a lot of good ways, and we'll show notes all of those avenues. If you wanted our listeners to take one thing away from your time on today's show, what would that be? I think for, we'll each say one thing. We're giving you guys twice the normal. I think I would want people to feel confidence to try and experiment things that 
a lot of people are just winging it and trying out being okay with failing, being okay with success, um, that things don't have to feel, you know, super finalized and glamorized to launch or try new things. Um, and to kind of maintain that authenticity throughout the entire process, like always checking your goals and, you know, am I, am I communicating things that I really believe in and, and trying to help the world? I mean, that sounds like super general, but I think David and I are constantly checking ourselves and saying like, what's our goal in six months? What's our goal with this entire thing? Um, what's our favorite part of this? And it keeps us on track. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think my, and it's hard and it kind of goes back to the middleman thing a bit is just always coming at a project from a place of abundance rather than scarcity, which kind of means uh, just feeling like you can share without worry and not feel so protective over what it is you're working on, not like holding it so close to your chest. Um, And so that's what we try to do is just really come from a place of positivity and abundance. And uh, we're here to connect with people and help them. And that's kind of the big goal rather than getting really caught up in like the, you know, the fine details of uh, maybe some things that might be annoying or something like that. So that's, that's what I would say is if you always kind of have that in the back of your mind, you won't be scared uh, to try new things and to put yourself out there. Absolutely, man. And I think, I think it's, it's, uh, it's really admirable stuff. It's cool to see you guys taking this leap, uh, kind of living this no middleman philosophy, uh, which seems to be the middleman oftentimes is an excuse. Um, it's an, an excuse to stay put or to take a safe route. To settle. Yeah, to settle. And it's it's not for everyone to go this path. But I think there are a lot of people who, who really truly do desire to but don't don't take that leap. So I think it's something to be celebrated when you do. And it's something I've said before is like people are caught up in this treading of water and the way forward is forward. Don't overthink it. Just start swimming, right? Um, but I think where you guys are at, you're, you're at that second phase, a, a longer phase, which is you're now surrounding yourself with people who are making, you're very open and vulnerable and you're very much living that, you know, it isn't like it's on and off. It's just, it is. It's intrinsic. And so I think, thank you. Thank you for the work you guys are doing. I think it's incredibly generous and I think it's powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And thank you for joining us. And I, I speak for myself and I think both of us when I say great conversation and I had a really good time. Out of 10 stars, Vin, what would you give it? 10. 10? You guys got the 10. You guys got the 10 from Vinny. 10 on the nose. Uh, We do have, we have one last thing though. Just one. One more favor. Please. One more. Okay. Can we ask? We, you know what? No, no. We don't need permission. We yeah. don't need you to tell us we can ask. But okay, all right, all right. Okay. We we're, we want to request that you sign us off on the show. I I can. I'm imagining the harmony that will be Allie and David's voice. The stereo. Oh my good. I'm a, I'm like excited. The baritone and the soprano. Good thing we're using this nice blue mic. This hey, great. shout out. Blue okay, is in so brand. Yeah. Well, thanks not so much for listening. Uh, I'm David Sherry, one half of Death of the Stock Photo. I'm Allie Lehman, the other half. And uh, don't get stopped by the middleman. Damn it, David. That, that was, was really so beautiful. Good. That was like fantastic. But 
you need to you need the branded ten thousand hours sign off, which is ship it. We ship it at the end of the show. So I'm wondering if you guys could both give us a ship it in unison or not, but probably should be. Okay, one. Ship, ship it. it. Okay.